Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, N.D., CNH, is the best-selling author of the ebook The Secret to Everything, Manifesting the Life You Desire, now. Available on Amazon. She has practiced naturopathic medicine for over 20 years. She is a gifted intuitive, medium, empath, paranormal investigator, and remote viewer. She travels and gives classes and lectures across the country as well as taking limited private clients. Trained in many modalities of healing, Dr. Kimberly has been practicing energy healing exclusively for the last 10 years. Dr. Kimberly has the ability to raise your vibration in person or long distance, and as a result, change everything in your life for the better, forever. A gifted transformationalist, she has developed TEB, or Transformational Energy Balancing, in order to facilitate permanent and rapid healing in her clients. Her desire is to be your last healer. And now, the host of The Secret to Everything, Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Wow, what a day already. I can so tell that we are in Mercury retrograde. My um, back cracked as I signed in on tonight's show. Everything was fine. And then it went down and... Then I had to find my iPad and get signed back in. So it's been a long time since I've done a show over the phone on my iPad. But we are up and running. I'm so excited about today's show. We just got a couple minutes late start. So I hope everyone is still listening and our guests are still on. And Kareem also um, called off at the last minute. So we have Miss Leslie um, substituting for Kareem. And I believe she's on the line. I'm going to bring her on. Leslie, are you there? I'm here. How, hello, everyone. Did you get kicked off or did you hang up? <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Did you get kicked off okay. or did you hang up? Yes. No, I got kicked off twice. So. Oh, wow. So I don't know if this Good. is going to be like an amazing show or the planetary energy is just crazy, but um, we are on and I believe everybody else is on as well. So, Leslie, do you have the chat room open or are you still working back your way into that, Leslie? Yes, I have the chat room up, and I've been saying hello to our guests. So, fantastic! Well, then we'll we'll try to go ahead. Like I said, I'm gonna be doing this from my iPad, which is a little more awkward, but I will try my best. So, I'm very excited to introduce someone really special tonight. Um, he came on our show, I believe it was the June 20th show, Leslie, 
and did a show with um, Intuitive Paranormal Society. He was one of the people, one of three people on. Ian was on, Stephanie was on, and Tweezy was on from IPS Paranormal. And he is such an amazing person and so wonderful on the air that I asked him to co-host the show tonight and a number of other nights, and we're going to see how it goes. So I'm going to introduce him to everyone. And also, I guess everyone heard me, Kareem had to be absent tonight. He couldn't make it back from Brooklyn to do the show. So he will be with us again next week. So thank you, Leslie, for coming in and helping us out. And obviously, You're welcome. Crazy Thanks for night. having me. And we will be talking to him. And before I introduce TJ, I'm going to briefly tell you what we're going to be talking about tonight. And we're going to be talking about self-defense, which we've never talked about. And I have some great stories. And I know our guests, um, Tracy and Charlie Vega, the owners of Simply Self-Defense for Women, although we can all use self-defense, even if for men and children, of course, so for all ages, um, we'll be bringing them on, and they'll be doing the first half of the show. On the second half of the show will be Allison Mead, and she wrote the book, Searching for Sassy. She was an L.A. phone psychic, and I believe her book actually just got picked up for a series, um, possibly on the USA Network, and we'll be talking to her about her book. And about that, possibly if we have time, I'll be doing free readings. Allison will not be doing free readings, but you can still call in and ask her many, many questions, which I can think of a ton, about her career as a phone psychic. So now I'm going to introduce T.G. And T.G.'s been in the paranormal a long time. He says it has always caught his interest as far back as he can remember, and not because of years of oppressing, but he was always able to hear and had the ability to feel the spirits. At times, he was even able to see them. He wasn't scared to be alone at nighttime, but due to his childhood nightmares of knowing everything that lives will one day be gone, that is what brought his interest up for the paranormal. And it was this fear that made him draw close to the paranormal because he wanted to one day maybe figure out the existence of life. No small feet, huh, Leslie? (laughs) No small feet at Um, all. (laughs) <laughs> to find an answer um, that has never left him and has drawn him to become active in investigating, especially private paranormal investigations, although I know from talking to him, he also investigates um, public places as well, but I think their focus is on helping um, private people in private homes. So in his personal quest to understand the existence of life, along with two others, as I mentioned, Ian and Stephanie, um, he co-founded Intuitive Paranormal Society, or IPS. The formation of IPS was to help others being bothered by unseen forces, and they decided to use their intuitive ability, abilities to investigate the paranormal, and by doing so, hopefully answer all the questions he had about the existence of life. So with the recent knowledge of knowing what he always felt and sensed, his next goal was to expand his intuitive abilities, which I think we all have, by learning how to be more in tune to the temple we were given at birth, and through different mentors that will lead him, he would like to achieve another aspect of knowing the existence of life. And my beautiful daughter, Sierra, just brought me my back back with my beautiful studio up on it. So now I will be a lot happier during this program, and I will probably switch to headphones at some point. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome TZ to The Secret to Everything. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, how about yourself? How are you doing, uh, Dr. Kimberly? And um, also, uh, sorry, so. no, I was I was doing amazing until until I wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, but we got it. I, I think it's uh, 
I didn't get uh, thrown off. I was still on uh, on air. I could hear everything, but yeah, I couldn't hear any you know uh, sound from the uh, uh, from the uh, studio being played. Right. But all's well that ends well, as we say, right? <laughs> so right, Leslie. Exactly. Yeah, Leslie will be will be handling all our our chat room and our callers. And if you would like to call in, you can call in at six four six five six four. 9712 and ask our guests questions. And I haven't talked to them, but I assume they're on because I think I got a text. So without further ado, I am going to see if Tracy and Charlie are here. Tracy and or Charlie, are you there? Yes, we are. We're here. Good evening. Good Good evening. evening. Well, I don't know if you guys know much about Mercury Retrograde, but very typical happening for this time with the (laughs) planetary influence getting knocked off is Sometimes it happens on Blog Talk Radio. One time, it's kind of funny, I had um, a guest scheduled, and I wasn't very familiar with Blog Talk Radio, and nobody was there. And so I went on and I did the show, you know, and I talked for a half hour, I don't even know about what, by myself. And finally, I think I had my iPad up and through Twitter, they're like, we're all here, you know, restart, you know, re reboot your computer or bring back Blog Talk Radio up. So, yeah, that was a nice show. I'm sure I tortured people talking for a half hour when my guests were like, we're here, we're here. So I'm really glad you guys are there, and I'm very excited to talk to you. Is And Tracy's there as well? I am. Thanks for oh, having us. Great. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being on. I was so impressed when I you sent me, I had the privilege of watching your new commercial, and you guys are quite prolific. All, I mean, you've been around a while. You've been on TV and radio and um, done done things just all over the place. How long have you been in existence? And if you'd like to introduce yourself and kind of tell us how you came to form your company, if you could. Sure. Uh, this is Charlie. Uh, what I'll do is tell you a little bit about us and the company and how we got started. The company started actually in, in 2009, and uh, I've been – I'm a master instructor of uh, martial arts, and I've been doing that for about 28 years. But with all of the, I'll say, statistics that are pretty bad against women, and that's why we've done it for women, I don't know if you're aware, but one out of three women will be attacked in some fashion in their lifetime. One out of four are a victim of domestic violence, and one out of six are a victim of a completed or attempted rape. And, uh, I mean, those are just terrible statistics. And we watch the news like everybody else. And, and several years ago, we said we'd like to do something about it. And we put together a program to address the women's needs. And it really uh, revolves around what women want. I kind of kid around, uh, which is true, how it started was Tracy said to me, Charlie, if we're going to do this, look, women don't want to be thrown around. They don't want to go to a smelly gym. They don't want to take their shoes off. They don't want to fight. They want to know how to get away. So if we could put together a program like that, I think it will work. And, and that's what the program is. It's, it's about escaping versus fighting. We only teach uh, three moves on how to escape and uh, how to prevent an attack, which is the best self-defense, to avoid it. And then we teach only four moves on how to get away. So if you're attacked, the odds are that one of these four techniques will get you out of the situation. And that, that's what makes this program so popular. And what's so funny about that is that we have men call all the time about for their wives, and they're like, will you please show them what to do? Can you tell them what to do? We have men come and say, can we watch so we can show them? So 
men are just as involved, and we know that young boys that haven't reached physical maturity, and even older men maybe who don't have the physical strength that they used to, can benefit from what we're teaching. We just ask that the women go home and show someone else in their life what they've learned to help us pay it forward. Well, I think that's an an amazing, amazing thing that you guys are doing. I mean, for many, many reasons. Um, when I was 17, I was a victim of almost, I mean very close, um, assault and almost rape. So I think it is so important to teach, like I said, everyone, not just women, but especially women, like you said, how not to put yourself even, I guess, number one, how not to get in those situations. And then if you are right. in those situations, I love how you guys said escape because I think there's the element, which I, I'm pretty sure you'll agree, in when you talk to law enforcement, that whenever you start to engage, you know, your chances for injury or harm to both you and the other person, not that we really care at that point about the other person, but they go up. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, I, I think the and that really revolves around. Like I said, I've been teaching martial arts for a long time, and these moves are based on it. But it's not about fighting because the moment you start to engage that person, you're fighting. So the better fighter wins. So and, and if I, most women don't watch boxing, but the odds are you look at boxing. These people train for years and years, right? Somebody always loses. So whoever sure. is the better fighter is going to win. So here, we don't want you to fight. We want you to get away. And they're very simple techniques. And, and, you know, every time we watch the news and we see something, we had not too long ago a young girl going to school and someone tried to kidnap her and they grabbed her just the way we show people how to get away from. And it's just we're trying to get the word out. It's just really uh, um, we're very passionate about this. I know one of my questions that I was going to ask was um, if there was any – Incorporation of martial arts in this, and I know I, I did hear you, Charlie, that you have about uh, 28 years um, in martial arts. So this uh, program does incorporate at least to the extent. Well, it, it, it when we it, it does and then it doesn't. What I mean by that is the techniques that we use are, but they're not fighting techniques. They take okay. techniques on how to get that person off of you and for you to get away. So uh, you're you're using your your body weight and the techniques against that that individual, but you're not striking that individual. And, and what we're different. doing with what we're doing with this program is, like Charlie said, is it is more geared towards women as the niche. But women in general don't particularly care or have time necessarily for a martial art. So what we're doing is it is based off of some of those techniques, and and he is certified to instruct that. But what we're doing that's making it unique is going to women where they're comfortable going to businesses, organizations, colleges, and universities, and allowing them to do it there. So they're, they, it is, there's no follow-up class. They're, you know, they're able to learn there. They're able to practice there, and they're comfortable in an environment that they're learning in. All right. It's a one-time yeah, event. So if we, if we do a workshop, it's a one-time event. The idea is that you learn these four moves and you remember them for the rest of your life. And the only thing we say once in a while is, if you want to buy the DVD that we we sell, it's only 20 bucks, including shipping. And if they want to look at it a year later just to refresh their memory, that's, we, we recommend that. But it's really it's a one-time event. Once you learn it, you're done. We ask you to show somebody else. And, and what Tracy said... Oh, I was just going to say what Tracy said makes a difference is we work strictly with uh, uh, companies and organizations. So... 
if you are like one of our companies is a uh, a large cable company and they do it for their employees as a value add so uh mm-hmm. that's not open to the public so hey thank you for working so hard with our company we're going to do something different for you and then we have other uh companies uh major companies that want to do it for the community so they will pay us to do these workshops and donate it to the community and it's free of charge for the people that attend Oh, that's so nice. we work strictly with com- yeah we work strictly with with companies and organizations. Oh, so you don't okay, so you don't work. You do so you wouldn't like put out an advertisement and advertise in your community necessarily that you were holding a class. Would you you specifically come in at someone's request and hold a seminar? Right. Is that what you're saying? Right, that's exactly it. So like the police department will pay us to do these workshops, but they will promote it. And they will get the people there, and then we do the, the function. We do the workshop. And a lot of times, they, you know, there there are people that want to open it up. I mean, we've been out to domestic abuse shelters. We've been out to safe houses. So it's all different types of avenues of, of where we're going to go out and visit, who we're going to talk to. It's just that it's not a, you know, you pay $20 and come in type of thing. It's not a class. We want to go to where women are. So will you travel, you travel out of or out of or out of out of your city? We, is it mainly local? Absolutely. No, we will we will travel nationally. We we will travel nationally and our goal is to travel nationally. We want to pay it forward. So I'm watching, you know, Twitter and, and everything going on today and there's two girls missing out of Iowa and there's another story that is show they're actually showing a picture of a girl being kidnapped from a grocery store. It's like what we teach could change the outcome of these situations. Oh it, could, it just seconds could save their life, and that's what we're so passionate about. We want to get this out there so this doesn't keep happening. That is heartbreaking. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. It's very heartbreaking. <laughs> wow. No, I mean, totally relevant, totally relevant what what you guys are doing. And I know, you know, you shared the statistics, and they really – they really absolutely are true. So what are your personal beliefs about, um, I know you, you teach people how to escape and how not to fight, so you don't advocate carrying like a gun, obviously, or a knife or a weapon? Well, that when, you, when you're when you faced with a weapon, and, and you, as a psychic, people will always say, you know, what do you see, what's your vision, and what's your, you know, what are your instincts, and what we want to tell women, people's first instinct is, oh, my gosh, if I've got a gun to my head, I better go with them. I better get in the car. I better do what they say. And it's absolutely not true. Once you go with someone, you become a victim, and, and then that situation becomes a secondary crime scene because uh, po- contrary to popular belief, bad guys do lie, and they're not going to take you to get ice cream. And where <laughs> wherever you're going, you're probably not going to come back from. So, um, Yeah. Yeah, so like the question that some that we bring up that Tracy asks people often is if someone points a gun at you and says, get in the car, what do you do? Yeah. And well, somebody always strange. says, get in the car. And we're like, oh, my gosh, please don't get in the car. Well, you never you get in the do? car. I mean, I would scream. I would scream, <laughs> but that's me because I have a big mouth, as we all know. But what would you recommend? That What would your answer be? What would you teach? If, if the answer scenario. would be... We teach you how to escape, and in that case there, we would ask you to run in a zigzag motion away from the attacker. Now, number one, your odds of survival are dramatically improved by doing that versus going to a secondary crime scene where they're going to murder you. So uh, even if you were shot, your odds of survival are still much higher. Most people 
who are shot or stabbed survive. Yeah, I, and then I the other fact, the fact, the fact also is that if, if unfortunately you don't survive the gunshot, at least your family knows what happened to you. I mean, we we've actually oh. had a woman oh. who was at a at a workshop who my sister's been missing for twenty years, and if she knew what you guys were teaching, we might know where she is. That is an that's an amazing thought. I mean, that really is. True. It's a gift to your. I didn't even think about that. Even if you are shot, and even if you are shot and killed, it is actually a gift to the people that love you. Absolutely. You, like, number one, that you attempted to escape, and number two, right. that they know what happened to you. They don't have. They can have that closure. You know, in whatever way they can have that and move on. That that is such a great. You know what I love about where you guys are coming from. You're really coming from a place that isn't being taught totally. I mean, there's pieces of it that's being taught, but you're really coming from almost a counterintuitive place, in my opinion, because intuitively we as humans tend to live in the vibration, as I would say, of fear. And so you're kind of saying go against that fear, and you're teaching hopefully things that would be brought to mind from taking your class or seeing your DVDs to help you not go go with the fear, because the fear, of course, you're thinking I'm a mother, I have kids, or I, I'm a father, I have a wife, or whatever you're thinking in your thought process, you know, and you want to live, sometimes you think, you know, they say, you know, they do teach you in a lot of the police courses and stuff, don't fight. So, to, you know, the conclusion might be, well, then go with them, which isn't really the correct conclusion is what well, you guys are saying. Actually, what they teach is usually – you'll see a guy dressed up in a lot of uh, pads and a punch, <laughs> kick, green, yell, yell at him. And, you know, the reality is I've been doing this a very long time, and the reality is most men can take a good punch or a kick. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay? So, so if you think about that, you, you really, in many cases, you're not really doing much. When someone's adrenaline is running real high, you're really not going to create much damage. The odds are very small. And yeah, I will you say, can, when it comes to... Well, I would be afraid that they would just break your arms or, you know, if you punch them, okay. you just make them matter. That's okay, because odds are somebody's going to see what's happening, and I would rather have a broken arm and be alive. And that's what people need to teach their children, boys or girls, that, you know, mm. they'll say, if you, if you don't come with me, I'm going to hurt your family. Well, a child can't protect their family, and they shouldn't have that fear and that burden put on them. Somebody said to me one time, they said... Tell your child, you can't save me. They're not going to, if you go with them, it's not going to make a difference. So, you know, people teach fear and trying to get kids to go with them, and you you really, you just have to go against it and, and try to survive. Especially, I mean, just imagine, we're teaching ages 9 to 91. So imagine a, a 75-year-old woman saying, I'm not going with you, and, and escaping, pulling out of a, a grab or, or, you know, putting her hand up to say, I'm not going to go with you. The, number one, the bad guy is going to be astonished. And number two, odds are somebody's <laughs> going to see what's going on and go, what the heck, you know, and, and call in and say, hey, you know, this old lady looks really uncomfortable or, hey, this little oh. boy's got his hand up. You know, something's going on here. So that's what yeah. we're we're trying to get across. Actually, what Tracy's talking about is one of our first tips on how to avoid an attack. So think of yourself if you're in a parking lot and someone approaches you. Now, you know that this doesn't feel right. And what we tell women is trust your instincts. But it doesn't feel right. So the person is approaching you and you don't feel comfortable. What we ask you to do, and I have to imagine this, is you put your hand out in a stopping motion at that person's eye level. 
and you ask them, what do you want? Now, the first thing wow. that's going to happen is that person knows that you're aware that they're, you're being approached. So you're not an easy target anymore. The second thing it does is it tells anybody around you with your hand up that there's a potential problem here. So if you think of yourself in a parking lot and you saw someone with their hand up, don't you think that you might go, hey, I ought to call 911. I don't know what's going on, but there's something going on here that's not right. You don't even yeah, have to hear what's going on. I like to say people are nosy, and they, they I know my mother especially <laughs> always has to know what's going on, and they look around. So that's what we're hoping is people are being nosy and going, hey, you know, because, I mean, have you ever sat in a parking lot at Christmas time and watched people press their car alarm because they can't find their car? So people aren't people aren't listening to car alarms and whistles anymore. So something universal that's just visual, you know, people are going to pick up on. And and, and, it's, and like I, I like to tell people is people talk about whistles and stuff. You always have your hands with you. So it's it's, it's something very mm-hmm. universal. It's it, you say something in a very stern voice with your hand out. That person knows now you're not an easy target. But if that you if you are wrong and the person was a good guy, let's say, they would say, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, I didn't mean to startle you, and they'll walk in a different direction. Problem solved. Yeah, because that, because they were aware of that individual coming towards them, and then especially that hand uh, being extended out. Right. So they could, and even, if they were, even if they were a bad person, they go, hey, this is an easy target, so they might even walk away anyway. That's what we're hoping, right? right? Yeah, Exactly. That's so crazy simple. It's like pure genius, you guys. Like I have no, never heard that. I actually, I actually graduated from college with my undergraduate degree, and I was one credit short of a gym class. And so I came back to Ohio, and I went to Ohio State, and I took like the most. I'm telling you guys, the most extensive, involved self defense class that you would ever take in your entire life, right? For college credit, and they didn't even teach us that. So, really, you really have something here, you know? You really do. We are the only ones that do this uh, in in this format, and and the program is very unique. And you did say the word simple. Remember the title of our company, Simple Self-Defense for Women. Everything we do is simple. And, you know, it's not – everything is not life-threatening when you when you said colleges. I mean, we go out to colleges and universities all the time. We talk about, you know, date moves. We talk about bullying. We talk about purse matching. And, unfortunately, we talk about things that are a lot worse. But the main goal is that people that are, that are coming are having fun, and that's what's so important because they're having fun, they're feeling empowered, they're learning something, and they're, le- they're leaving going, I-, I can make a difference. I can do something now, and, and I'm going to go home and show somebody else. So it's not that typical, I'm going to watch a video, I'm going to go up and kick somebody, I'm going to punch somebody, and I'm going to leave petrified. We want people to have fun and to embrace what we're doing. And, and unfortunately, some of the people that have come to us have already been abused. We had a woman who, a college student, she was in a parking lot, and somebody was approaching her saying, what do you, what do you, why do you look so concerned? I'm a professor here. And she's thinking, he's not no professor. I don't know this person. doesn't matter what they're not. They're going to lie to you. So, you know, these are the kind of things that can help you avoid a situation like that. You know what? I love what you guys said about the hand so much. And I have four little girls and actually well, my oldest one at like that, 20 to 10, and I am going to talk to them all about that. That is, to me, like the most amazing thing. Like, you guys could really seriously be preventing, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of crime with, like, each 
stuff that you teach, not just, you know, more, nonetheless put them all together, but really it's such important, important information. Do you have any um, stories about people that have taken your classes that have applied what you have taught and actually it escaped harm maybe by using We We things? do. We have a, a woman, actually, and this is something we never, ever thought of. We have a woman who was um, 73 years old, and she took one of our workshops. And um, she had a male friend that she's been friends with for years, so they're, you know, in each other's homes and so forth. And he actually, one night, she's talking, and he, he started talk, walking towards her, and he started choking her. And she yeah. said, I, I didn't know what to do. She said, I'm turning blue. I mean, this is not, not a domestic violence situation, and what happened was he had psychotic dementia, and he didn't know what he was doing. And she she was able to get out, escape from what we taught her, and run out of her own home to call 911. So oh, my goodness. You, you don't know what a situation's going to be, and you don't know who it's going to apply to and, and when you're going to need it. But that's why we minimize it to... Just four things, and we have people give us what-ifs, and we show them in all sorts of different scenarios and what to do. And like you said, with young kids, that the hand-up thing, that's so – kids love to put their hand up. They love to ask questions. Girls oh, yeah. like to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's no physical limitation to that. So kids are doing it. You know, older women are doing it, and, and they feel empowered, and it really is making a difference. You know, we, we on our TV show on PBS, we had uh, a 91-year-old woman who was a guest on our show, and we showed her the moves an hour before we filmed, and she got all four of them right and did them right, and it worked. We were on Lifetime Television, and she said, the host of the show said, do you want to show me what you're going to do? We said, no, we want to see the expression on your face when we do it live. And you, there's oh. a clip of that on our website. And she, you could just see her face like, wow, this this was simple, this how I could get away from you. And you were grabbing me really tight. I said, yep, that's exactly how it works. Do you think that a lot of people that come to the, the program actually think it might be a little harder than what it really is, being that it's more uh, on the simple side to go ahead and do that? Absolutely. And that's that's why we're trying to get it out on a national level to tell people, because as soon as you hear self-defense, you automatically think, Oh, my gosh. And this cracks me up because women call me all the time. And they're like, I'm coming to your workshop. You know, what should I wear? And I'll say to them, well, well what do you wear when you get attacked? And they're like, oh, oh I mean, think, right? I mean, think you about that. I love that. But, but they're thinking just what you said, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, is this going to be, you know, I've got to be prepared. I've got to have on sneakers. And, and this is going to be hard. They're going to make me jog and I'm going to be on the floor. And truth be told, <laughs> is, you know. <laughs> If you're wearing heels and you're out for a drink, you know, and you get attacked, you don't get to put on your sneakers and your sweatpants. So, it, you know, they are, there, there is a pre- <laughs> It's definitely true. When we did the police department, we did one for the last time. We built a new obstacle course behind the building. So everybody saw it walking in, and we said, okay, is everybody ready to do the obstacle course? Because that's their impression when they walk in. You know, they're all like, you can see the expression of their face. No, 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 we're just kidding, okay? You know? Yeah, because I, I, even me, like when I ended up seeing uh, uh, the website that you guys have set up, um, I actually thought it was going to be moves where it was, you know, your offense and your defense, that type of move. And then when I started seeing how the moves were, I was like, whoa, that is simple as can be. It's, it's stuff that's so the, – the idea is to escape. It's not so much to put a fight up. It's, it's more on the uh, level of escaping uh, any type Absolutely. of attack. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what's really fun? As, as women or anybody goes home and tries this, they always go home and 
and they'll try it with their spouse or partner, whoever's at home. And they, the, the mm-hmm. one move especially that we, we show them and they'll say, I got out. I couldn't believe it. I got out. And and they laugh and the, the spouse will tell them, I, was, I wasn't holding you tight. You know, try it again or I didn't want to hurt you. But it, it really is working and that's what's so crazy, you know. It is, and we're making a difference and people will see us and they'll say, I tried that. It really worked. And, and they'll show us and then they'll show their kids and, and that's what we want. And it's funny, we, we, we could be at uh, the grocery store with people go, and, you know, we've taught, you know, over thousands of women this. And so you don't always remember everybody. And they'll go, hey, I was at your workshop, you know, and I did the move and it worked. That actually brings up a question I did want to go ahead and ask. Um, is uh, What type of feeling do you get when you hear, you know, people that have actually taken your program and said, hey, you know what, this program actually saved me in a situation. It really, if I told it for this program that I took, you know, the situation would have got worse. Uh, how does that make you feel knowing that it actually helped another person? Well, no, I mean, there's nothing but positive. I mean, this is why we do this. And it's so rewarding. I mean, people literally, we get emails, even if we don't know who they are and they see what we do, we get people thanking us all the time. You know, thank you for helping people. Thank you for helping women. You know, continue what you do, and what you do is so unique. And we literally have worldwide followers on Twitter and Facebook. It's just, it's really very amazing. You know, we're very proud of the fact that at the end of every workshop, because we want to make sure our, our clients are very happy, we do an anonymous survey where we ask them specific questions. And one of the questions is, would you refer us? And right now we have a hundred percent that said yes. Think about thousands of people doing this. That's phenomenal. I, I've never had a business like that before. And and then we the other question we rate one out of one through ten, and we get nothing less than a nine or ten. And sometimes people put like twelve and fourteen on there. You know, so we're very excited about the results. Yeah, those are very high high markings right there. And then especially if you get, you know, whether you're going to get referrals right away for somebody else, uh, that's that's definitely phenomenal. Absolutely. I wanted to point out something you guys alluded to that I, I'd like to develop a little more, particularly with my audience, um, with what we do on this show. But I think you said one of the biggest self-defense tactics actually don't even require necessarily a body part, which is listening to your intuition. Could you talk for a few minutes on just how important that is in your opinion and how that plays that role again in your program? Oh, it, you know what? We have – it so important. We have women all the time say, I wish I would have, I should have, if I'd only known. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your intuition, you, you know, you really need to trust it. I mean, if you think something's wrong, it probably is. If you're not comfortable with a situation, there's usually a reason. And we've had story after story and people coming up and telling us that. So absolutely trust your instincts, trust your intuition. Women are not usually wrong. And, and even you know, it doesn't even matter if you're <laughs> male, female, whatever. I mean, if if you're uncomfortable, there's usually a reason. And the thing about it is, you have to act on it. You got it. You have to act on what your mm-hmm. intuition is, because even if you're being rude, it's okay. And that's a big deal, especially with children. It's okay to be rude. You can apologize, and that's and that's the other thing. You know, if if a child is talking to you, and even an elderly person, if someone is talking to you and saying, you know, they're uncomfortable with a situation, they're uncomfortable with an online encounter. Uh, maybe an elderly person has somebody that's become too friendly with them. 
You know, if these people are mentioning a concern, somebody needs to step in and address it. And, and, and you know, there's a reason that they're saying that. Because even a child understands that if they're uncomfortable, they should tell someone. And then somebody needs to react to it and not just put it off as, oh, well, they're a kid, you know, I don't know what they're thinking. But there's too many situations going on anymore where elderly people are being abused and being robbed and things are happening. And, and same thing with children. So very important. That's a great point. Now, in some of the material you provided to me and on your website, you do mention um, pepper spray. Now, that's a little bit of a more proactive defense, but how does that play a role in how you teach people to use that? Because I'm actually an herbalist, and I think it's funny because um, for many, many, many things, um, we use, you know, the the cayenne pepper or the hotter peppers in, you know, treatments for health. So I think it's interesting that you recommend the pepper spray. Well, the reason we recommend pepper spray, the number one reason, there was a couple of, I'll say, reasons. The first reason is you don't have to get close to your opponent, to the attacker. Mm-hmm. You can you can use pepper okay. spray from 10 to, 10 to 12 feet away. It's non-lethal, and it's very, very effective. Uh, and and makes clear or understand, pepper spray is different than mace. I like to say that mace is older technology. Mace is an irritant, where if you mm-hmm. spray somebody with mace, it irritates your eyes, your nose. Pepper spray is an irritant and an inflammatory, so your face will swell, and that's what keeps the person off of you. But it's non-lethal. And so you can apologize if you spray somebody and it really wasn't a bad situation. I mean, we make light of that, but it's, it's true. You can't take back a bullet, but you can always apologize and offer water if you, you know, you pepper sprayed oh, yeah. the wrong person. You know, and, and, and the other thing is the pepper spray that we use is what the formula is called OC-17. That's the most powerful formula you can legally buy on the market today because there's different ones out there. And what you want is something that's potent that all just a little bit of it makes a difference. Right. And, and like I said, with my herbalist background, I really do want to share, you know, even if, you know, you guys just do the hand thing and go out and buy some pepper spray, I want to reiterate that truly is not lethal. As a matter of fact, one of the techniques we teach um, to help improve your eyesight, there's actually a really, really hot cayenne eye wash, believe it or not. So not only is it not lethal, it's actually really beneficial. So that's an interesting <laughs> random fact. It actually has been improved. People have been, like, almost legally blind, and their eyesight has been totally healed. And I have a high pain tolerance, so I've actually tried it. And it's wicked, 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 wicked. But, you know, I can still see. So it's actually extremely beneficial. So if you look at it like that, you're, like, benefiting your attacker by spraying them in the eyes of that first spray. It really is. It brings blood flow to that area. So I just want to reiterate, it's, you know, I think, you know, that's important that it's non-lethal because sometimes people have such a mild personality. They're so, they would almost rather be killed than hurt someone else. There are really people that have that energy to them. The other thing I wanted to say that's so brilliant about your hand method really quick, and Leslie will understand this and maybe... TV as well, but uh, when we're dealing with the energy fields of the body, it, I love that the hand thing like kind of keeps them out of your energy field. It's it's a clear energetic statement as well. Um, you know, kind of you know keep out of you know keep out of my face, stay away from me, and it, and it's Talk really a power move. It's a power move, exactly. I really, yep. I just I just love it, love it, love it, and I really want you guys to know. I so appreciate you being on because. This show just gets, like, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of listeners 
if not live, which you might not know because they're not calling in, and that might be partly because it's a delay, but it's so beautiful because, you know, you guys are doing these radio things and your TV programs and your DVDs and all the things you do, but really it's the kind of thing that, you know, it'll reach a lot, a lot of people, and, and I believe it will probably prevent things from happening. And I like being part of that and facilitating that. I think it's such a beautiful thing. Such great fun. Well, Pete, Pete, your listeners can actually find uh, travel tips and uh, safety tips on our website, which is Simple Self Defense for that's F O R Women Plural dot com. Simple Self Defense for Women dot com, and uh, we we also blog for Lifetime Television and for the Ricky Lake Show. I'm providing personal safety tips for women, so you could view those blogs and those personal safety tips. And also we have, uh, or on Twitter, we give daily uh, safety tips on Twitter, which is at Defense for Women with uh, the number four, Defense number four, women. And did you give your Twitter address, I think, today? Because that's how I usually, well, I talk to Tracy sometimes. I talk to you guys throughout the week. But what is your Twitter name again? It's Defense, V-E-F-E-N-S-E, the number four, women, W-O-M-E-N. Okay, and again, your website is simpledefenseforwomen.com. No, is that it? It's, simple it's a long It's simple self-defense okay. for, F-O-R, women, plural. Simpledefenseforwomen.com. Yeah, the only thing that's not simple about us is our name. Yeah, it's a little long. Well, Leslie or TG, do either of you have any thoughts or questions you'd like to ask before we let um, Tracy and Charlie go and save the world, which they obviously are seriously doing? <laughs> do you guys have any questions? Yeah, actually, I, I don't have I, any I, questions. I just want to say thank you. I mean, I remember taking self-defense years and years ago, and, you know, nothing like that was was taught. I mean, really? you learned to hold your keys and you learned to, you know, stomp on somebody's foot, but that didn't really help if you weren't wearing shoes that would do anything. So, right. and being the mother of daughters and having small grandchildren, yeah, you you would like to be able to teach them that. So I'm very grateful and appreciative and You're glad welcome. that it's changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I also want to mention too, the shortcut to the website in case that was too long, is Tracy, T-R-I-C-Y, Vega, V's and Victor, E-G-A, dot com. That's a shortcut. It's the same website. It's just a shortcut we, we use to help so people get to us a little bit easier. Wonderful. TG, did you have something to add or a question? Yeah, I actually had uh, one question because um, I kept uh, – I've I seen it as well as I uh, keep uh, hearing it. Um, I, I keep hearing um, – paying it forward uh, one woman at a time. Um, is there Absolutely. a particular, is there a particular like a personal quest or a belief or a goal that, you know, that that's become the model? It's it's uh, a personal quest for us because we've anybody who's who's been around a while, unfortunately, will be be familiar with the J.C. Dugard story, or there was a young girl in in Florida who about ten years ago was grabbed at a car wash on her way home from her friend's house. She was passing through, and the last time anybody saw her. She was caught on camera, and it's the move that the first move that we show, and we look at that and say, you know, wow. if somebody had shown wow. her, those few seconds could have made a difference. So our goal is to pay it forward, so nobody else 
I mean, they found her dead three days later. Nobody should have oh, to go through that again. Oh Lacey Peterson. I mean, J.C. Dugard's life could have changed if, if somebody could have shown her how to escape. So right. that's our goal. I mean, there's no guarantees, but we certainly can improve your odds. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I like that, uh, that lean it forward. I like that. I love it. Yeah. And, 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 and here's the other thing, too, with the Pay It Forward piece. Really, the Pay It Forward, we're funded by companies and organizations. So if there are companies and organizations that want to help us pay it forward, you know, have them give us a call. Go to our website. All of our contact information is there. We have a lot of contacts with the media, but we need sponsors to help us be on, on different shows. Uh, so if someone out there wants to help sponsor us do this pay forward, we would be happy to talk to them. Aww. Well, thank you so much for being on The Secret to Everything. Certainly, I think we've all learned some things that we didn't know. It's actually kind of surprised me because, you know, you think if you've taken a college-level self-defense class and gotten an A, as some of us have, that you kind of know it all. But it's really approaching it from a unique and very, um, smart and simple, which is great um, way to deal with it. So thank you so much, Tracy. It finally happened. Can you believe it? <laughs> so hard to make this happen. You were so she was so so sweet and so yeah. I encourage the listening audience to go to their website if you guys want to give all your information one more time, and we'll call it a night. But thank you so much for being on. You're welcome. Thank you. It, we are simple self defense forwomen.com or tracyvega.com and if anybody has any questions email us we always answer we want to be able to help people and thank you guys so much for having us on we really appreciate it and, and we look forward to listening to you guys in the future no thank you. it was thank lovely you. meeting lovely meeting you and we'll be talking again thank you so much have a good evening thanks. you too bye 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 thank you Leslie, was there any questions or response to them in the chat room? Was there any interaction going on that we didn't know about? Or no, behind no one me? asked any questions there. No, it was pretty. It was pretty. It was great. Have you ever heard someone it was. Seriously, I thought it was absolutely. I don't know. Sometimes it's the simple yeah. things that are profound to me. But I, I was never taught that move, and I'm I'm kind of curious. I might be picking up the DVD and making my children like force self-defense watching, so I think it'd be great. I don't know, you yeah. don't really have anyone to practice on, but still they might get some really good ideas. So guess what, um, TG, because our next guest hasn't called in yet, we're going to, Leslie and I are going to put you on the spotlight, and we're going to ask <laughs> you to talk about um, IPS, if you don't mind, a little bit, and um, no. maybe if you, you know, could tell us a little bit about your group, and maybe share something about one of your last investigations, or Something interesting and entertaining, and so I guess calls in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Uh, not a problem. Um, at the uh, any type of a question you want to start off with, or just want me Let's, to tell you. How do you um, think of one, Leslie? <laughs> why don't you tell oh, me that? Oh, Why space out? <laughs> well, well, there are times I really think you know I have things in my house because sure. of the way my electronics go or lights that do strange things or noises and, you know, like I don't know necessarily how to tell the difference between all of those. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Um, trying to, trying to, it's because I have all the questions 
um, here, so I'm just trying to um, reorganize my uh, my mind here to go ahead and, and uh, uh, think a little bit differently. Um, in a in a case like that, um, say for example, whenever we go in to investigate, um, depending on what's going on, you know, like as you were saying, um, electricity-wise, yeah, we would have to go ahead and check. Um, the best thing to do is check the wiring, um, and then what we do is we run um, sometimes. Um, excuse me. We'll, we'll run, like, say, for example, like the K2 meter um, to see where if there's any uh, electrical on the uh, walls. Because sometimes you could end up having something, maybe a short or something like that, that's behind the wall. It could also be as it's running, depending on the house setup, it could be going down into the basement. Um, so yeah, that's got to be looked at. Um, a lot of times, whenever stuff like that goes on, because you know I, I have experienced it before, as well as even down to one of my friends, uh, for example, at one of the houses that um, I had. This was a, a number of years ago. I remember going uh, over to the house, and this was actually before I started to investigate. Um, I went to their house, and I, they had just bought it. It was um, out in um, uh, it was like a four-bedroom uh, home, but it was kind of um, remodeled, and they added on to it. Anyways, I'm going through there, and I remember the the hallway was all squeaking, and and uh, it just didn't look right. And I just I, I remember telling them, I go, hey, you know, this house is I'm, you know, I'm sorry to tell you guys, but you know, I, I feel activity here. And of course, back then, a lot of people, if I could, if I said it, a lot of people wouldn't believe me. They would just think that, you know, of course, I'm crazy because at the time I wasn't investigating. Um, but anyways, um, I did mention that to them, and I used to see intercoms, and I used to kind of just, you know, in my mind think, whoa, I, I bet you there's like voices that kind of come to those uh, intercoms. Um, but I had mentioned to them that there was definitely activity at that house, and this was as they were getting ready to move in. Uh, after they had moved in, I remember I spent the night over at their house. This was maybe about a year later, and um, I ended up catching a lot of stuff that was happening. Now, at this time, I was getting real close to start investigating uh, in the paranormal, and there was something that ended up happening uh, while I was there uh, spending the night, which was um, there was uh, footsteps very clearly, and, and uh, when they were stepping, the footsteps were real heavy, and when that ended up happening, they came to the door, and they ended up uh, knocking on the door, and then they left. I thought it was somebody that was there, and I was asking questions, um, you know, that morning. I heard some more stuff, um, but um, I asked anybody if anybody got up and did that, and, and everybody was saying no, and it kind of confirmed what I had told them before about that house, you know, having activity there. Um, probably a few years later, but during this time, so much stuff was happening at that house, I just never knew about it. By this time, I was already investigating, but um, the mom had mentioned to me that she went to the light switch to turn it off. As she's walking away, the light turned on. And then she would go back to turn it off, and then it would go off on, on its own. Um, the, the washer, and as well as uh, the dryer, the dryer especially, that would cycle on without anybody putting any clothes in there, as well as nobody even touching Wow. Yeah. So that was, you know, like I said, I redid my house, so I know all the wiring is sound. Because we checked all the wiring when we had all the sheetrock down. So, okay. you know, I know my wiring is fine. Okay. But it's just, you know, strange things. You know, that my cell phone would do strange things. It's like it'll call people and I won't even be near the phone. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> I, 
can have well, my phone sitting Leslie's on the dresser. not telling you, TV. What Leslie's not telling you is Leslie's kind of strange herself. So that we, we'll just talk it up to we'll just talk it up to that. I, Leslie, do you know? Do you feel comfortable grabbing that call and making sure that's our guest, or do you just want me to bring her on that three two three call? Oh, I can do. It's just a little, you know. Um. The quote, you see the little quote. Put your quote and her quote, and just make sure that oh, that's Miss Allison. And thank you. And your quote. Push your quote. Push. Yeah, I'm pushing your quote for you. Hold on. There you go. Talk. <laughs> All right. So, TG, hopefully that is our next guest, which I'm going okay. to count on that is our next guest. I'm going to kind of give her a mm-hmm. little talk up. Well, yes. That is Allison, so whenever it? you're ready. All right, I'm going to go ahead and kind of kind of a weird transition. So we're going from self-defense to a little bit of paranormal for our transition topic. And it, it kind of works. It kind of works because Miss Allison, what, TJ, what would you say? No, I said it definitely uh, uh, goes to the next transition of uh, talking to right. Allison. Right. So um, that kind of works. So... Allison Mead was, I believe was, an L.A. phone psychic. And I don't think we've ever had a phone psychic on. We've had lots of psychics and mediums, and everyone knows about me and kind of TG and kind of Leslie, but we're all kind of in that same general realm. But I've never really talked to someone who has been an L.A. phone psychic. So Allison, and I'll let Allison tell it because it's her story, and I'm sure she can tell it much, much more entertaining than I can, but did you, did you get a chance to read any of her book at all, Allison's book? Uh, was that question towards me? I didn't. I couldn't hear. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Did you read any of Searching for Sassy? Did you get a chance? Did yes, you I find did. it I interesting? Went, yes, I did. I, I went ahead and I was kind of skimming through the pages um, because of my work. Um, I only have a little bit of time to go ahead and uh, do anything. Um, most of the time is always at work, but um, yeah, I was. I was able to go ahead and skim through some pages. Um, and you know, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting to go ahead and see what goes on kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, what goes on behind the scenes? I don't think a lot of people even think about that. You know, there's a behind the scenes, but it definitely is interesting with all the personalities of the people she brings in, both the ones that she worked with and the ones that came into her life, and then of course the ones that called in. So pretty fascinating tale, and. Um, I'm going to give a little bio, and then I'll bring you on, Allison. Um, so Allison Mead attended Boston College, the Slate School of Art in London, and New York University's Tisch School of the Arts. She's worked in publishing as an editor and a ghostwriter and in film development at New Line Cinema, Sony Pictures, Village Roadshow, and the Buena Vista Motion Picture Group. She's also produced a documentary on mandated medical care featuring Academy Award-winning actress Susan Sarandon. Her plays have been staged at Off Off Broadway. I love that Off Off Broadway, and regional theaters around the country. Allison's fiction essays and articles have appeared in over 30 publications, including Salon, In These Times, Buzz, Whole Life Times, Punk Planet, MSN, The Sun, AOL, Substitute, Tapestry, and many many more. New York Daily. That's great. She's received the Columbine Award for screenwriting, the Roy W. Dean Filmmaking Grant, and awards from Writers Digest. And USA Book News. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the company of an accomplished, accomplished woman. She's also the best-selling author of Wake Up to Your Stories, Wake Up to Your Weight Loss. She's toured across the country teaching meditation, 
giving workshops and seminars on a variety of healing topics, including one of my personal favorites, wait for it, Leslie, manifestation and the development of a personal narrative practice. Her entrepreneurial spirit has helped to launch the Write It Off Club, an online community that helps people use same holistic methods to reduce reactivity and promote healthy weight loss. That's interesting. I didn't know she did that. Psychic since childhood, like some of us, Allison has been reading people since the age of 19, has spent the intervening years honing her abilities with certifications at the highest level in astrology, Reiki, Matrix, Energetics, Neurolinguistic Programming, also called NLP, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, and Sound Healing. You can find Allison these days doing intuitive healing sessions and humorous and foresight readings at www.sassypsychic.com. Serving celebrities, sports figures, and regular people like us, you guys. So, without further ado, gosh, we still have to talk about. She knows everything. I think we could ask Allison anything, and she could probably talk about it. We welcome Allison to the secret to everything. How are you, Allison? I'm doing great. I don't know if I can live up to that, though. I know you like all my like humorous commentary as I read your bio. Oh, I'm pretty sure you can. I read your book. I think you can. Okay. So. We are thrilled to have you. So I know everybody's going to want to know, kind of the beginning, I guess begin at the beginning, how did you end up becoming a phone psychic in L.A.? Uh, Completely by accident is the short answer. I had a job in publishing as a writer, a ghostwriter and an editor, and I had a terrible, terrible breakup with a long-term relationship and just decided I had to get as far away as humanly possible from New York City where I was living. And so I got in my car, I went up to Los Angeles, where I very quickly found that there was little to no publishing work there, which was my field. So I was kind of trolling around for work, and I I spent my last 20 bucks getting a tarot reading in an aromatherapy shop and got a job shortly thereafter as a phone psychic, so unplanned. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that That's was totally unplanned. <laughs> As the best things in life often are, I don't know. Would you call that, this is kind of a side question, I guess, would you call, how do you feel about that whole experience? I mean, I know from reading the book, and I don't want to give stuff away, but how how would you say you felt about that whole experience? Obviously, it was an intense growth experience, both in your abilities and in many, many personal relationships in your life, but do you look at that as, like, a, an amazing experience, or, or how would you categorize that, I guess? I would say at the time I wasn't all that cooperative, <laughs> but I, in retrospect, I think it was an incredibly pivotal time because it, it was, as you say, a, a really intense growth time. I feel like the universe kind of not so subtly hip-checked me kind of onto my real path in life, which would incorporate the re- the writing and the editing that I'd been doing, but also then um, learn an enormous amount of uh, related metaphysical disciplines, which you kind of went over in the bio, but also develop my ability. When you're doing it under pressure every single day, your your ability mm. goes up pretty pretty strongly. So in retrospect, I really see this as a time that the universe almost created for me to to grow in like a in a pressure cooker kind of environment. And I love that, and I love it so much because when I teach my clients, and I know you probably do too, Allison, when you work with people to develop their psychic gifts, which I know you do, yeah. I teach them, they're terrified, and both Leslie and T.G. know about this, but I say just do it. And they're like, how can I just do it? And I'm like, 
just do it. When you're talking to something and something comes in your mind, just say it. And they're like, what if I sound stupid? I'm like, that sounds stupid, but you really, how are you ever going to develop them? Whether you're doing it for money, as you ended up doing, or as a career, which you ended up doing or not, you have to practice them, for goodness sake, just like anything else. And I love, love that you say that. I also have to, this is my personal observations, which everybody gets because it's my show, but um, <laughs> I can tell you're a channel. I can tell you so you're a channel because of the way you talk. It's so interesting. Everybody that channels has a patter or a rhythm that they go into when they're, um, I, I can just recognize you as a channel. And you do channel, right? I know you do. So. I do, That's yeah, <laughs> more and more these days, it seems, yeah. And I was actually reading on your website and everyone listening, um, beautiful, some beautiful, beautiful thoughts. And you know what I love about the beings that you channel, which I don't know who you would say they are, maybe we can get into that, but sure. they're so irreverent. Hilarious! I love yes. it because mine are too. Mine are too, and I've never met anyone that doesn't have pure and holy <laughs> beings other than me. So I think I just met someone who Yay. does. <laughs> yeah, from the very beginning, I talk about it a little bit in Searching for Sassy. Um, some people kind of took me under their wing and helped me learn how to channel first on the Ouija board and then just doing trance channeling. And from the very beginning, even they would say like. They, the guides and angels think that you're hilarious. Because I never spoke with them as if they were some sort of ascended beings. I spoke with them as if they were friends. <laughs> and so my compatriots would, would laugh at me and say, oh, yeah, they think you're so funny. They all line up to watch whenever you're, you know, doing the channeling. And so, yeah, I tend to attract, I think, beings or I just call them group intelligences. I don't tend to get one or the other. I think they all they always feel like a kind of group that comes through at the same time where one person has the or one being has the reins. But yeah, I, I actually really like to talk to them because over time I've been able to refine it, and I think we I think we have a, a level of understanding and respect for each other. Oh, I love it because Leslie knows because I talk to Leslie about my channeled information all the time, and my clients, and my friends, and my children, and all the people I drive crazy with it. I always say they, and people yeah. are like, "Who are they?" I said, "I don't know." You know, Allison, I love that you said that. It's such confirmation for me that I'm. At least there's other crazy people that are like me if we're crazy. But <laughs> it's not one. I don't get one entity, and I don't get one. It's a definite they. It's a definite. It's so interesting. I love it. Whoa, this is like synchronicity. Okay, Leslie and TG, you can hang up now. I'm just going to talk to Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> don't do it, TG. Don't. You're not getting out that easy. It's his first, his first show to co-host, Alice. So I'm not, no, we're not letting him off. So tell us a little bit about, okay, since you were psychic as a child and yeah. you were conscious of the fact that you were psychic, Allison, or you didn't really put those words to it, tell us a little bit about why you weren't, I guess you weren't, maybe you were, were you or weren't you using your abilities and why, I guess? I don't think I had a frame of reference for it until I was a little bit older. I was always really fascinated with metaphysics and I um, – you know, whatever money I could make babysitting or my allowance, I would bicycle down to this local used bookstore and just buy all these $25, I mean, 25 cent paperbacks and read about astrology. And I finally read, a book, I started to read the Seth Speaks books when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And I finally uh-huh. yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's like me. <laughs> that is like me. I don't have anyone else in my family except. Um, only very recently did I discover that um, a cousin of mine, actually living in Maine, is a tarot reader. But we had kind of lost touch and not realized that till right when I was releasing my book when I contacted her. So 
Um, she's the only one that I can think of. So yeah, I didn't. I don't think I had really a frame of reference for what that word meant. And then for a long time, I thought I could read cards because cards were the, really the first thing I learned how to do when I was a teenager. And then I just thought I was a reader, a tarot reader, and I refused to kind of accept the mantle of being psychic. And that's part of the journey of searching for sassy. That that you know, sort of the universe not so subtly ganged up on me to just say yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Accept it. And um, luckily, I was working with really wonderful, very gifted people who, you know, sometimes kindly, sometimes a little pushily, just kept saying, we really don't know what the big deal is. Why don't you just accept it? You are. Mm, Accept it. You are. I like that. I can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I can relate to that. It felt very threatening to me for some reason. It felt like um, sort of admitting that forever you would be outside or so different that the rest of the world may not be able to identify with you. And so over time, even though I've, you know, sort of been different my whole life, it 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 wasn't okay for a time and then all of a sudden it was. So I I mean the funny thing now is that I encourage people that I run across all the time who have strange and different uh skills to go and develop them. Please don't don't do like I did. Wow, and if if anyone in our listening audience has a question or comment for Allison, you can call in at six four six five six Four nine seven one two, and she'll be more than happy to answer your questions. So let's talk a little bit. We'll get into your life, I guess, through the book to some extent. So why did you call your book "Searching for Sassy"? What does that mean? <laughs> um, Searching for Sassy. My my business now, as you mentioned earlier, is called Sassy Psychic, and I got that nickname from my clients. Uh, I think just because I like to be a little irreverent, as you pinpointed earlier. <laughs> I, I definitely don't have an overly woo-woo sensibility at all. Uh, I'm just kind of very grounded, and I, I pretty much tell it how it is, I, not in a cruel way, but trying to find the, the most compassionate way to sort of break difficult news or to help redirect someone maybe onto a path that's more healthy. So Searching for Sassy, to me, became this this pivotal time period that's covered in in the book, was about trying to find that voice of sass, trying to find that sense of being very grounded in, as I was just mentioning, being different, you know, being strange a little bit and having that be not only okay but cool, you know, really cool, being very proud mm. of it, loud and proud. Yeah. Loud and proud. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm just asking you, I'm now I'm kind of going off course, but I'm kind of asking you what's coming to me. Yeah. So I know you channel. So how, like, if someone would contact you for a reading now, is it is it a channeled reading? Is it do you use any tools? Do you still use cards? How do you get your information? Because everyone reads different ways. I it really depends on what shows up in the moment. I just use whatever seems most appropriate. Normally in a reading, uh, it's not sort of technically channeling, but it's still, you know, I might find myself starting to speak really fast, and all of a sudden it's kind of not me speaking. It's just flowing. So there is a little bit of a channeled aspect to it. I do use cards sometimes. I use astrology. When I book a reading with someone, uh, Hmm. we get their birth information so I can run a chart, because usually that's something that, it's almost like a symbolic representation of them. So I often say that I'm getting hits off of the chart by the time it's coming out of the printer. So wow. as much as possible. I mean, I, I, I'm versed in a lot of different energy work modalities, so I sometimes will mix that in with a reading as well, depending on if somebody needs to shift out of something that feels kind of stuck. You know what I really like about you is 
and I didn't really know this totally because I didn't plug it until I looked at your website, but you have that dual aspect that I have, which is a little bit unique. I think it's very unique, actually, because I would consider you a high-level intuitive or psychic, and you also have that healing ability, which that combination together, I think, is rather magical. Um, it, it just really brings a different piece and a different energy when you do a reading. Would you agree? Yes, thank you for noticing that. Yeah, it was very, very important for me at a certain point. Uh, once I felt like I had integrated the reading aspects, the various reading modalities that I was going to use to to introduce a healing element, because I think you probably found as well that it's, sure, you know, I can help you talk about or discover what's going to happen next should you decide to stay on the same path you're on. But wouldn't it be better if you if I could help you get what you really want? It just seemed to make sense mm-hmm. to me that it should go that way. And so okay. sometimes okay. I'm actually going to start yeah. offering a, a hybrid reading. I'm going to be changing my site a couple of ways in the next couple of months. And as I do that, I'm going to offer this kind of hybrid reading where we um, identify a need or a desire and then start to work toward that. Wow. So that's more of a, a little bit more of a life coaching. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. But it's, maybe it's intuitive life coaching would be maybe a way to put it. Or, yeah, just I just look at it as the accomplishment of goals. I like to work very much in a practical way with people. I think that's the... You know, that's the anti-woo-woo part of me. <laughs> just wanting to... Oh, yeah, and that comes through, and I think TG would agree. Uh, loud and clear in your book is that you just have, you're so, actually, what sign, I'm just curious. <laughs> it's like a random conversation. What? Alice, what, sign, what sun sign are you, Alice? That. I forget. I think Sagittarius. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, you're, you're just, it comes across clear in your book. You're just so matter-of-fact. You're a very keen observer of not just human nature, but of everything. And um, you have definite opinions about everything that you observe. So really yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, do you ever read yourself? Are you able to read yourself? I would, okay, I'm going to say, I would guess that you can. But can you? Me? Yeah, I do all the time. I Oddly enough, I don't get a lot of readings. Uh, I do pick up things that I need to pick up here and there. Sometimes it's almost like um, reading the news. Like I might scan the day or I might scan the next couple of months or something like that. Or my guides will just very much bring to the center of my awareness, almost like you know someone's shoving something under your nose, something that I need to be aware of, either a project I need to work on or you know, some sort of... Um, maybe events that's going to happen to be careful on this street, to avoid that street because there's going to be construction or something like that. So sometimes it can happen in smaller or larger ways depending. But, yeah, I, I can I can read myself. But I still think readings are fun, though, so occasionally I'll get a reading. Oh, that's good. Okay, so we're going to go back to the book, and I'll stop asking random personal questions that I want to know. Okay, so first thing for Sassy, tell us the story of your move from New York to L.A., as you mentioned, after your love relationship and family. Yeah. So that combined with the fact that as you're doing these readings, you know, people always, I think love, I mean, people ask me about, I'm trying to think, I think that's the number one thing. Love and career is my top two. Is that your top two as well, Allison? I mean, because you dealt a lot in L.A. with love, right? Yeah, I would say like 98% to 2%, something like that. Yeah. Wow. So how did you feel about that? Because to be honest, you guys have to get the book and read it. 
to find out what I mean when I say this, but to be honest, I think your love life was kind of a mess, not just before and as you were going there, but during, wouldn't you agree? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, that was part of the reason in retrospect for writing the book, because, yes, I had this terrible breakup. I was going through my own sort of uh, romantic, tumultuous stuff, and then I go and find a job where I'm tasked with giving romantic advice to people on a daily basis, which, of course, is kind of hilarious in a dark way, but it's also, I don't think it could get any clearer that it was a mirror-like situation that I was supposed to be learning about love from all of these people. So I, I'm actually kind of very oddly thankful to them, even the people who were difficult, because they showed me, uh, for one thing, in a, on a deeply, very, very obvious physical plane way how much we all are similar how much we all do want the same things mm-hmm. and then right after that how similar so many of our problems are in love i learned an enormous amount from everybody i talked to so what are some of the things that as you alluded to that you think we all have in common when we're i mean is it all that we want or desire to be loved is it all that we desire to be loved Unconditionally, what would you say are some of the common themes of love that you found at, I think those you know, are, in your whole career? Those are two of the biggest ones, and I feel like right after that, a big blind side that, that people share in a big way, I mean, at least over 90% of people I talk to, is um, the concept of giving. So either there are people who are not aware how much they have to give, and so they devalue themselves in relationships, or they go into it only looking for some sort of reflection of them and miss out on the fact that they need to give. So uh, the concept of giving and going in with more of an idea that I'm going to keep an eye on giving and taking here, not just the taking part. A big, big, big pitfall that so many people I read fell into again and again. Mm, Wow. So how did you get from kind of this lost place to seeking kind of the higher realms of I would call spiritual enlightenment. Like how did you connect your, you know, being lost with kind of being found in all these modalities, I guess? Uh, it was definitely a process. And I think, this, you know, part of the process is, is outlined in Searching for Sassy, and part of it continues even past the scope of the book. Um, part of it is because I really enjoy talking to people a lot. I really like people, and I like to learn mm-hmm. as well. So it was in learning and practicing all these different modalities and then applying them to my own life. Um, and uh, ironically, channeling, what we were talking about earlier, where if you start to interface with guides and angels or group intelligences, whatever you want to call them, you realize very quickly that they don't care. <laughs> you know, They don't care often how we do something or by what date we accomplish it. They care that we stay on our path, that we accomplish our goals and why we're here. So often I'll I'll be in the middle of a reading for someone and they are in my ear going, tell her we don't care if she goes out with that guy or the next one. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm not going to tell her that. I'm not going to tell her that at all. But there is a, you know, a kind of nicer way to say, don't get so hung up on the details. More try to find out what your purpose is. Watch the doors that open, both in, romant- in romantic relationships and other other areas of your life and start to investigate them and move through them. Oh, I have the best question for you. Okay, this is a great question. Um, yeah. Okay, do you believe in soulmates? What is your belief about the whole concept of twin flames or soulmates? What is your opinion on that? Uh, 
I think there are more than one for every person. That's a sometimes un, unpopular belief, but I've seen mm. it happen repeatedly that if I also believe that soulmates don't necessarily make great mates, don't necessarily make great life mates. Okay. Wow. I've seen soulmates that literally cannot find it very difficult to be in romantic relationships together, but make wonderful creative collaborators or friends. They just—it's like once sex is introduced, it just goes bonkers. So I I have a couple of of beliefs about soulmates, but I do believe that if for for some reason somebody doesn't work out, you break up with somebody, or maybe somebody dies, there is another one. Ah, interesting. Um, Did did you have something to say? I heard you say something. Yeah. Did you want to ask something? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask a question. Um, how hard would you say it's very hard to go ahead and, uh, or I should say, excuse me, may uh, re-question uh, what I was going to ask. How hard is it to be a phone psychic, especially when knowing, kind of like when that phone rings, the the you know the caller that's on the other line wants kind of info, and you have to kind of be I don't know if you have to be dead on or at least give them enough information that they're looking for, or is it you know how is the uh, the, the the success rate on that whenever people are calling? I think there's a, a couple of answers to your question. One is I think people have different ideas about what being a psychic is. So some people really wanted, you know, everything down to someone's name or what the new lover would look like and things like that. And I always say you don't want to limit it that way. You really don't. I swear to God. Everything is energy, and you do not want to limit the next person who comes through the door as being this height or that color hair, et cetera. So there was that aspect that was difficult to combat on a regular basis. The hardest part for me was constantly shifting gears. So you might read, have one person who was looking for a soulmate who was kind of down with what you had to say and was right. going to work with that, and then the mm-hmm. next person might be very dug in and, and uh, in the midst of an addiction and just completely blind to that and want, you know, just want, want, want. So, and then the next person might be a domestic violence person, and the next person might be an elderly person looking for a job and being afraid of finances. So it was the constant sort of shifting into the next caller, into the next world. It was it's it's jarring sometimes to do that. I was going to say that'd be exhausting because I find yeah. it exhausting to get into the energy of a person and just you're running with it, and yeah. then even to then dive into the next energy of the person in Roman. I mean, it can be, depending on, I guess, where those dips take you, it can kind of be, yeah, exhausting even when you do have that time, which you do now, right? You have much longer blocks of time with your yeah, clients. Yeah, I, I, I prefer that to kind of, because, you know, whatever it was, five bucks a minute, somebody's trying to get you off the phone as soon as possible, and they want you to go through their entire life and give you, you know, uh, a four-minute, you know, just everything that's yeah. going to happen to them ever. Whereas now I, I really like making relationships with people, and sometimes I read people for you know decades, so it's, oh, it's much wow. better. And I, I find the information is a lot better that way too. That's so you do end up having clients. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to mention. Uh, I was going to mention. So you do end up having clients that have you know kind of call you on a regular basis year after year. Oh yes, yes. I mean, there's some. I'm trying to think of the longest client that I've had. It's got to be over 20 years by now. Good wow. now. So, yeah, I mean, it's really great. You know, you get to know people's children and their grandchildren, and and you, it's just great because they don't have to, at the beginning of the reading, run through all the history. We can just sort of dive right into whatever their concern is right now. Yeah, very true. It's a better use of their time. 
and there's no doubt being able to see a lot of the stuff that you had mentioned that were going to happen to them actually did end up happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody, to be, you know, if I'm going to be brutally honest, I don't think anybody is 100% accurate. So uh, sometimes I think it's a matter of people choosing to take a left or right turn, maybe. So I'm, what I'm seeing for them is true in that moment, and then they decide to go with another person, for example. Um, and then I think sometimes people, uh, things haven't manifest yet. So t- timing is always the most difficult thing to predict and the easiest thing to change. So, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people realize how much they can affect their own reading, even after the reading is done. On one hand, they shouldn't just take it as gospel, I don't think, and just act as if you know somehow that's their predestiny, but nor should they then take a sudden you know, veering turn without expecting other things to um, divert from the path of the original reading either. But, yeah, I have a pretty good accuracy rate, all things considered, yeah. I love that, too, because I have this weird ability, which I've developed over time, to go back and forth in someone's timeline. And so I always ask them, when they ask me about something, do you really want to know? And then they say yes, and then they really don't, right? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. They really oh, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they do want to know what they want to know. They don't want to know what really is. They want to kind of live yeah. in that denial and their own reality and, and the best possible scenario like we all do. But it's funny because then they get all depressed and they're like, oh, no. And I said, no, but the beautiful thing is we have free will. And so yeah. by every single decision you make and by even becoming more, which I love, this is one thing I love about you is that, spiritual consciousness that you have and then I know that you teach by becoming more conscious and more aware and learning more about energy and the flow of energy and the manipulation of energy and the choices in energy all of that you can totally because I teach my I totally empower my clients and I know you do too you can truly 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 be the gift on this 3D plane of being able to create our own reality and there's the hope there's the hope choose again choose again and then choose again and then choose again yeah, I, I, that's a, one area. I'm extremely compassionate, but I, that's one area that there's kind of no arguing with me. Um, these are facts to me, that your reality is changeable at all times. And even if you've received the most terrible mu- news in the world, I say that's wonderful opportunity to practice. Let's get in there and start shifting some stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I love that. I love yeah, I do too. that. And and I and I'll tell you it's no accident that you're on my show because I have such a strong desire to have people on my show that are compatible obviously with my worldview and with what I'm trying to teach my clients. So I love that you kind of fell into my lab and and who would know I could talk to probably probably thousands of phone psychics or psychics or intuitives or intuitive healers that do not have that same philosophy. So I think it's beautiful that you're facilitating your clients in that way and that you're really you're doing more even than just working with their the facts. Like you said, I think I know that you're really trying to encourage them not only to develop their intuitive gifts but to mm-hmm. show up more clearly as who they are and open themselves up to really a lot of different things. Would you agree oh, with that? Yeah. And sometimes it's a matter of sort of gently prodding and just reminding, and other times I, you know, there there has to be a patience component where I wait until they're ready, and I might have to say mm-hmm. the same thing a couple of times until they're, until they're ready, and that's okay. You know, that's also okay. I know a lot of the psychics I work with at the psychic line didn't have a lot of patience for that, and sometimes that's a frustrating part of being an intuitive. But who are we to say it is the right time when they decide it's the right time? Oh, I love that, and that's that's the wisdom in you. You know what I also love about you? It's something I just said to my daughters the other day, and Leslie will probably understand this, 
But I said, I think it's so beautiful how my whole life has been woven together for this moment. So I used to be in Rainy and Allison, and I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and voiced and voiced and voiced. And I'm not even talking about, you know, this radio show. There's other opportunities coming into my life. But I see the same thing in your life, that you were just wonderfully kind of built for where you ended up right now at this moment. Yes. No, I do. I think it's I, it's so beautiful because, you know, when we're young, and especially in the book Searching for Sassy, I think there's a lot of this in there. We have this angst, and we're like, what the heck? I don't understand. And <laughs> I went to school for this, and this isn't happening, and I wanted this. And so isn't it a little satisfying at our age or as we come into the, to a little bit of different maturity to start seeing why this didn't work out? Or to look back can actually be so beautiful. I think, and we can help our yeah. clients too. In that. Yes. When I decided to write this book, I wanted to do it warts and all. I wanted to do it by being very real and very raw and showing people, look, I didn't just emerge from the womb, you know, the way I am right now. I went through a very difficult, you know, sort of dark night of the soul, and and I'm going to mm. show you right here, you know, where I've been, and, and if that's of any comfort to you. Yeah, life and spirituality are sometimes um, synonymous with struggle. But that doesn't mean that that has to be bad. It can be funny. I, I think sometimes reading back over my journey, it's it's funny because I did not cooperate. I was not a good little camper. <laughs> and that's not a wise thing to do. I always tell people, don't don't try to challenge the universe. It's bigger and stronger than you are. You know, don't don't make the mistakes I did. And Leslie, what's so the funny about her mistakes are what makes it strong, you know? It's like everybody makes their own mistakes, but yeah, and that's you know, cool too. That's part you, of it. But sometimes you just got to go through it in order to get it yourself and get strong. Yeah, and get where you're going. And what I love about her book is the energy of resistance is so clear to me in your book, Allison. Like through through a lot of the book, I can just feel you. Like your resistance is crazy. Like you were. So resistant. I don't. I think people need to get your book to totally understand what I'm saying. But you are one stubborn person. That's all I have to say. I can be. I'm very strong-willed, and I th- honestly, I think it's it's kind of what you were saying before. It's it's the strong will and the you know the other things that I learned along the way, like the even my my career in publishing was an accident, and that certainly has informed my journey because now I'm able to to use it to publish books. But um, Yes, very stubborn. I do tend to get my way eventually. I just have learned to be smart about challenging the universe. <laughs> right, I love and it. I love that. I love it. I, love I need it. to take that. We call it. We call it being in the flow, and it is really hard to get in the flow. But Allison and even Leslie and Susie, wouldn't you agree? Once you kind of get in that flow consistently enough, the beautiful thing is you kind of know when you're out of it. I think, and yeah. then you always want to get back into it. And there's, even though it seems like you're kind of being swept along, you still really have a lot of choice and free will. And and I I feel in you, it's so neat because I can plug into the energy of where you were then, Allison, and then to plug into who you are now, that's a testimony. That should be like an encouragement to everybody because you're not in resistance. I mean, I'm not saying we all have our pieces that we still go into resistance. Yeah. With, but you're reaping the rewards of that work. And like you yeah. said, that darkness, that dark mm-hmm. night of the soul, you're reaping it now. To the point that I just, and I don't even know, I think it might have been on your website, but do you have a TV deal in the works? Could you tell us about that? Oh, sure, yeah. I, I attended the uh, Book to Screen Pitch Fest in New York, and I unexpectedly won that competition, which led to a number of, of companies being interested in developing my book 
and I signed a deal with the producers of USA Network Psych to develop my book, Searching for Sassy, for television. So that was super exciting. That just happened really recently. Oh, wow. congratulations. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You must awesome. be on top of the world, especially with your you know, your plays and your screenwriting. I mean your your writing and you just must be absolutely thrilled, I would imagine, about that. Yes, I am. I really enjoy both aspects. For a while they didn't seem to be fitting they didn't fit together for me, like there was writing over here and psychic healing work over here. But now they fit because the the intuitive healing is such part of my life that it, it makes naturally makes sense that I write about it. And even the plays that I write and have written in the past have some sort of a healing element to them, even if it comes about through the telling of the story. So, I just so when you work with someone, <clears throat> if we would call for a reading, or one of our listeners will call for a reading, which I'm sure they will after listening to this, because it's a beautiful energy, beautiful spirit. So is every call, do you perform, Do you consider that you kind of perform healing in every call, whether that's a specific service they're asking for or not, or how do you work those services? Are they separate? Are they together? Um, uh, let's see. Well, technically, on the website, there are a whole bunch of different things I offer as services. So a reading technically would be separate from healing. However, I okay. do believe that there is healing in every reading because um, I think that comes in a lot of different Forms and one of the most important for me to communicate to people right off the bat, even sometimes I think before I meet them, like you were saying on the blog or something like that or Facebook or Twitter, is that I'm automatically in your corner, <laughs> no question about it. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come at you with suspicion. I'm not gonna come at you with some sort of nastiness or judgment or anything like that. Whatever you say to me is not only in, in complete confidence, but it, you will have my loyalty. Um, you will have my loyalty in helping you if you're serious about trying to achieve some excellent change in your life or some achieve some goal. I'm right with you. I couldn't respect these people anymore. I've been doing a lot of touring with the book and teaching uh, a workshop about intuitive dating around the country mm-hmm. as well. And when these yeah. people show up, I'm like, I love you. It's not even because you're here for my workshop. It's because you're here because you care about your own life. Because they're getting ready to do the work. They're willing to do the work. They're showing up to be given yeah. work. Yeah, I mean, they're physically work. showing up. They're emotionally showing up. There's, I love you already because these are the kind of people I want to know and these are the people I want to hang out with. Ah, that's beautiful. Intuitive dating. Talk to us a couple minutes. What, what is intuitive dating? Is that honoring intuitive your dating? intuition? It is. It's just using some intuitive tricks I've kind of learned over the years to make, you know, those really important decisions in dating. You know, is this the right person for me? Is this the right time for me? I feel like uh, because of our biology and all the chemicals that are going on and hormones, while we're falling in love and dating, we are totally not the best judge of character, you know, when we're trying to date. Really? (laughs) We are not. It's crazy. We are legally, you know, just, just this seven inches to the left of crazy when we're in love. So... Uh, I wanted to put something together that would be simple, intuitive tips and tricks that people could learn and uh, apply them to a dating thing in a very practical way. So, you know, maybe I'm going to use this tip that she talked to me about being in my body, and um, I teach something that where you can use your body as a pendulum. And maybe, the, you know, a certain motion means a yes answer, a certain other motion means a no answer. And, and literally sit there in meditation. Is this person the right person for me? 
is this person wow. uh, you know, going to treat me with respect, things like that. And so all those ways that we have of cutting off, which I'm sure you're aware of working with clients, we have a million and two ways of not listening to our intuition because it's not valued really too much in our culture. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is kind of put some of that back into into the mix and give people, I always tease them and say, well, now you're going to be totally one up on other people. This guy, I was on a guy's radio show, and he's like, I don't like it that you're giving women these techniques. And I was like, what makes you think it's only women who are in my classes? Uh, there you <laughs> go, right? <laughs> and then I was teasing him because I just said, well, you're going to need to step up your game then, aren't you? <laughs> Whoa, yeah, you're going to have to start. Yeah, exactly. You know what's so funny, Allison? I really identify with your story because, um, as anybody who knows me knows, my life is like super, super together except in one area, which I really identify with what you're saying, which is the whole love area. And I think that it's so funny because people who know me are like, why didn't you know that? And I'm like, I did. And they're like, why did you do it anyway? And I'm like, I don't know. Don't yell at me. (laughs) Because I'm human. (laughs) So I always say to people that the developing your intuition is almost like developing a really great friendship with somebody who's completely not attached to the outcome of whether this or that person is the right person for you and is going to give you the true information. And that person lives inside of you and is easy to access at any time. So, you know, there's no worrying that you're going to call a person in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's it's always, always there for you. True. Well, tell us about, okay, you said you have a wide variety of services. Could you kind of run through what you do, the different services that you do offer on your website? Sure. I do uh, email and phone readings are probably the two most popular services. I also do dream interpretations. I was I went to the Jungian Institute for Dream Interpretation. Wow, in that's amazing. I do channeled readings for people. Uh, astrocartography, which just in case people don't know, is a way of laying your birth chart over a map of the world, and people use it to determine where good places in the world might be to relocate for various reasons. Like if you want to find love, I can be like, okay, you live in Minneapolis, that's not great for you, but if you move to St. Louis, that might be better. So it's really good for that. And it's also good for finding places to travel. Uh, Energy work Uh readings, and my energy work is a combination of the modalities that I've learned uh, plus some tips that I've learned over the years from my own guides. Um, I do private intuitive development, so people want to learn in private lessons on the phone how to do that. And I also do regressions, past life regressions. Oh, you do it all. Like I said, one-stop shopping. I love doing past life regressions because people are always convinced they can't do them. So sometimes if they really don't, like I'll do them for them and then email it to them. But I love being on the phone sometimes with people who don't think they can go there. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, in Europe and it's the 1700s. And they're amazed that they got there. So that's fun. Oh, I have a, I have a kind of a funny story. I did one a while ago and it was supposed to be like an hour and a half and it was three hours. And <laughs> I thought, okay, this is so crazy, because wow. I thought I was like making this up. And she's like, really, you're going to lay there like in a half trance state and make this up for three hours? Like I had no idea it was three hours. I thought I was like making it up in like a half hour. It was so, so I guess it was kind of real because she said it's unusual that you go back like three or four lights, you know, but I just kept going and going and she just went with it. But is is that common? Do people get one lifetime? Do they get two? Do they get ten? How does that work? Or do you just let them uh, talk as long as they're paying, as long as they want to? How does that work? Um, well, it, it really depends. I mean, we try to keep it, and I think my guides just kind of guided me to do this, try to keep it to within that hour or so time period. Nor, the most, the, 
the greatest number of lives that someone's gotten in that time period is probably three. Although yeah, right. I always leave it up to the guides, and sometimes they have a very specific thing, like please show me my last lifetime where I dealt with this uh, issue, okay. or okay. that I was okay. with this person, or something. Like that. And other times they might say, can you show me anything that relates to my incredible fear of cats in this lifetime, or something like that. So we just go to the the lifetime that the guides feel like is the most important. That's really neat. Leslie, do you have any thoughts or questions for Allison? I did until you asked me. <laughs> you did until I asked you. <laughs> I was sitting there going, okay, I, gotta, I want to ask this, I want to ask this, and then I you know, asked me, and then just kind of like, right out there. I know. How about you, TV? Do you have any questions? I want to get yeah, you guys a- to Ask him first and let me think for a second. Okay, he's probably going to say the same thing. <laughs> no, no, I guess <laughs> I got a question. Okay. Yeah, I got I got a question. Um, uh, from your experience, do you believe that uh, people need to go by more their instinct or their in, in, uh, intuition more more often whenever they're going to go ahead and make say decisions or choices? Maybe um, whenever, for example, if somebody was to give you a call and as you're kind of giving them back the um, uh, the message, do you think that they kind of probably would have figured it out or actually knew the answer and then they were just kind of confirming the answer with you? Often people will say that to me. So, yes, I, I really do feel like um, I wish that there could be a way that people would be taught to develop intuition in school in a way that was non-denominational because mm-hmm. I think even with little kids it would help with learning how to behave, learning moral issues, things like that. I think it's just another skill that people can have to make decisions. Um, the rational mind is not always the best judge of character. As I said, you know, not only under the influence of brain chemicals, but you know, other people might have issues with drugs or alcohol. Then we're really not in the greatest place to make our life's decisions, but we still are. <laughs> we're still holding the job or something, having relationships. So yeah, intuition, and then uh, you know, even noticing the ways that we all try to sometimes override. We might get a hit and think, ah, that doesn't mean anything really. I should just ignore that. or, And then in the next second, it's pretty much confirmed, or the next day or the next week or something like that. And I do yeah. think that it's a process of remembering. Okay. Um, remembering to use. You mean practice, use, To follow, use it, honor. but also I think yeah. often people will either come to me and get something confirmed or just in their daily lives. I think people are getting information all the time from their bodies, minds, and spirits. And it's just a question of, opening that up and then allowing it to be true, allowing it to be one of many factors that helps you make your decision, not just the rational mind. Because the rational mind is, let's face it, half of the brain. (laughs) So you're making a decision with half of your your natural ability. And your whole body is actually um, Mm -hmm. sensory, you know, all the chakras and all the meridians and um, your energy bodies, all of that is. Sometimes I laugh with my clients, you know, oh, I went out to dinner with him and I felt like I was going to throw up. Um, Gee, do you think your body was trying to tell you something about that relationship? I love that. I love that. That's great. That is priceless. great. TG, did you have another question? I don't know. Actually, yeah. Um, Well, I just wanted to add on one thing because I remember uh, talking to uh, my nephew and I was kind of telling him, you know, with so so many distractions nowadays, it kind of seems like we're, most people are in, in a place where they don't kind of listen or, you know, aren't um, listening to themselves a little bit more because, it's like, say, TV, cell phones, you know, you got Twitter, Facebook. It's like almost like people get up in the morning, they go to work, they come home, and if they get on the computer or, with you know, uh, uh, get on the TV or 
playing games or whatnot, but it's mm-hmm. almost like not having the time to, you know, maybe meditate, maybe kind of be a little bit more in tune with uh, their own abilities. Um, so I just it was more to adding versus uh, asking a question. Oh, yeah. That, I think you've hit on something really important there. I, I talk about all of that a lot in, in my classes and how, you know, the, I'm not against technology or anything like that. There's a there's a time and a place for it, but uh, you're absolutely right to not somehow involve the inward attention of something like meditation. I always begin any intuitive class with meditation because that's the process of letting the real world, so to speak, drop away so that we can finally start to hear that flow of information that's going on inside of us all the time. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. Yeah, I, I remember um, you know, just mentioning that to my nephew because I was, I was kind of telling him about it, and, and um, he kind of seen it once I – it was almost like you know, having his, his eyes closed, and when I mentioned it to him, he goes, hey, you know, that is right. You know, that's, that's what kind of happens nowadays, and I go – you know, kind of like before, it might not have been to the excess that it is now, but yeah. it's just because of the availability of everything now. Yeah, exactly. Allison, do you find that because as parents we will give our children mixed signals, we teach them not to trust themselves? Like you may be outside playing and your child's curious, and rather than let them tap into their own intuition, we tell them that there's something bad in the bushes that's going to get them, so we teach them to mistrust their intuition. Sure, absolutely, and there's got to be a safe way to do it. You know, I, I completely get why parents want to protect their kids that way. That, I think that comes from a really good place, but at the same time, maybe to to let them explore that a little bit in a way that is safe. You know, don't don't say, oh yeah, go out in the middle of the freeway, but some other way that maybe you could practice. I think a lot of kids naturally practice intuitive. Um, receiving because they don't care as much about the real world. They make stuff up. They have imaginary friends. Yes. So <laughs> allowing do. that, and you know, even even in safe ways, in societally acceptable ways, to to allow the development of that, I think would really help. Yeah. Aww. Okay, do you guys have any other questions, Allison? Now, I have to admit, I'm going to be honest here, I did not read the end of your book. Like, I read two-thirds, maybe three-fourths of the way through, and I will. I'll finish your book. I will. And okay. it is a fantastic book. But first of all, how can people get their books? Are there different ways to buy your Can you walk in a bookstore and buy your book? What are the different sure. ways? Sure. Um, there is a link to purchase the book through Amazon on my site, sassypsychic.com. There, the book is for sale at Amazon.com or Powell's. Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. If you would prefer your local store to per, to get it for you, you can go to a site called IndieBound.org and find the page for my book, Searching for Sassy, and all the information would be there for your local store to get it for you. If you prefer to do it that way. So you download, you can download it right in electronic. Did you say electronic, like a Kindle format too? Absolutely, hardcover, paperback, Kindle. Um, I haven't figured out how to beam it into people's heads yet, but I'll work on that. together. When will you know what's going on with that, Allison? What is kind of the process of that? Is it something that's a for sure thing? Is it a pitch thing? How is that going to work out, or do you not know yet? With what? Your TV show. Oh, okay. What happens is that the the company kind of develops it for a while, and then there's a pitching process. They have a deal with a network, so yeah, it's just a question of sort of waiting and then seeing. 
So I'm a Sagittarius. I'm not great at patience, but I work on it. <laughs> and how involved if that, goes, if that comes, you know, to fruition, how involved will you be with that TV show? You know, I don't know. I really don't know. I guess it's just gonna. We'll have to see because, yeah, I am a. I'm a writer, and I am a. I have dramatic writing experience, but yeah, we'll just see yeah. what happens. I. I think television is super exciting right now. I used to not really like television at all. I was a huge film person, and now it's kind of almost flip flopped. Where I think a lot of the really interesting stories are being told on television. So, and a lot of the movies in the theaters are about stuff blowing up, which isn't as appealing to me. <laughs> Right. Um, so it's an, it's totally. an exciting time. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, here's my question because I didn't read the end of the book. Um, yeah. What state of your love life now? Are you in a relationship or how did that all turn out kind of? I'm married. I'm very happily married. Oh, <laughs> oh congratulations. Thank you. Yes, I met my husband in a, after the, the book is finished. I met my husband a little later than that in a writer's workshop. We're both writers, so... It's good because you have a, a first reader and a person who can read and point out your spelling mistakes and things like that, <laughs> your typos. That's phenomenal. Does he have any? Well, we all have intuitive abilities, but does he? Is he? Does he practice like healing? Some of the healing modalities you do, or some of the no. intuitive abilities? It's so no, funny. I love He's, it. I, you say that. I love it. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's more like uh, the sort of Dubois relationship in medium. Uh, he's not a scientist, but he's a he writes about politics, so he's very much more, you know, sort of black and white in what he does, and my stuff is obviously much more gray. Yeah. But he loves you anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. We both love each other. He's a great Aww. guy. Super, super funny, smart. And, yeah, I, you know, as a Sagittarius, you never know if you're going to be, uh, you know, how you're going to respond to marriage, but I, I like being married. It's fun. Uh, that's that's wonderful. Well, if you could give us your information one more time, and Leslie and TG, last call for any questions from Allison, if you have anything else you'd like to ask her, because I think I've asked her everything I'd, I'd like to know. Um, Either actually, I, I just had one, one last question. Sure. Um, did you ever um, think, uh, think about or maybe ever ask to do um, kind of like a help law enforcement with uh, doing, like, say, uh, missing people or um, unsolved murders, anything like that? I haven't. I've actually had some hits from time to time about stuff, but no, it's not an area that I've worked in too much. Um, I think it's it's more kind of healing for me okay. than solving crimes, although I think that's so cool. That's such a cool ability, but yeah, it doesn't seem to be part of my path, at least not yet. It's kind of dark, a dark path to some extent. I think you have to go there. Yeah, I when I was first getting my third eye, I was really getting blown open. I did have a lot of dreams about what I realized were cases in progress. But um, once I got sort of a little more boundaries in place, that that information stopped coming. And I wonder sometimes if that's intentional from my guides and, and angels to kind of keep that a little bit at a distance, so I can do some other stuff with people. I tend to work more with people who are uh, in major life transitions, uh, trying to attract something or release something, and I work a fair amount with people at the end of life to kind of help transition them to the next world. Oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah, I had a client uh, pass over yesterday, actually. And oh, it's, my goodness. 
Yeah, it's always an amazing kind of. I was talking to somebody. I take Pilates, so I was taking. I was talking to somebody Pilates later that day and saying, "Yeah, it's like almost like a re-entry period where you're very much at the the crux between the two worlds, and then you come back into your real life and you're taking Pilates, and it's it's just the way my life goes." She was a beautiful person. She was a really beautiful person, but she was ready. So that was, I think, it was a positive transition for her. Absolutely, that that makes it exciting, and that's a gift to be able and an honor to be able to facilitate that and to have that ability. Absolutely. Well, if you could give us all your information, how can we get a hold of you? If we like a reading, and you already told us how we can get your book, obviously in a bookstore on Amazon, and it is called Searching for Sassy. And if you could just give us your website, we thank you so much for being on the Secret to Everything. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's www. Searching. I'm sorry, sassypsychic. Com. And uh, if people are Facebook or Twitter fans, there are links there on the um, on the homepage on the left side about how to join up with me there. Uh, it's. I will just say this: that sometimes we have spontaneous sales that only happen on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on my mood, and there's always you know cool channeled stuff and astrology and stuff like that. So if you wanna if you wanna follow me, it's not just me talking about what I ate for breakfast. <laughs> I know. I, I said that one time. I lost a bunch of followers one time, Allison, because I said I said pet peeves of Twitter, and I'm like Miss Positivity and Light on Twitter. But really, people that know me know I have quite a um, like you a realistic, sarcastic trait. But pet, pet peeves on Twitter, number one. Please stop telling me where you are right now. I lost so much. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I agree with you. One time I lost about twenty people because I put up the the um on Facebook something like I can't help it you guys, I just love you or something like that and they and people were just leaving. <gasps> and I thought, What? <laughs> That's crazy. I really said it out of the, the greatest amount of playfulness, but yeah, some people couldn't take it. They're like, okay, you wow. thank you, bye bye. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy, but you never know. You never know what people are going to respond to, so that's all right. I will definitely um, add you to my uh, to my following. Well, thank you so much. You're such a beautiful spirit, and um, you never know. I might call you sometime. Leslie might too, right, Leslie? <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. It was great to meet you guys. Thank well, take you. care. Have a lovely. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank you. Oh, what did you guys think? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to read your book. I know. Her book is really good. You you'll, you would really, really enjoy it. It's it's really interesting. And her spiritual path and the lessons she learns are just entertaining. She's She's got some really good stories. And, you know, you can tell what kind of person she is. Beautiful. You're a beautiful soul. Very similar. Isn't that interesting, Leslie? She's very similar, I think, in how I practice, in how we practice, how you practice. Yes. Yes. She said a lot of the same things. Very much a kindred spirit, kindred soul, yes. It's nice. It's nice to find that that those are there. Well, um, we have to wrap it up. The time is flown once we actually got on the air. And next week, you know, I actually don't have my calendar. Um I know, TJ, I'm, not, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you remember who's on next week? For some reason, I, my mind is like blank. I think it's Allison's fault. I think she put me in an altered state of reality. Um, she has a nice feeling. Energy. It's um, James, is it Goy? Oh, is it? is it? Oh, yeah. you go, girl. 
Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about Oh, yeah, you guys will love it. Next next using Mike Sauer. Yeah, I love it. And then it, you four with Parallel, Life, Parallel Lives Realities. Right. Yeah, that's going to be so interesting because we're going to talk about how we can hopefully bring more money and abundance into um, everyone's lives, the first hour and then the second uh, second hour. And, TG, have you heard of the whole parallel dimensions, parallel? I know you have if you're in the paranormal world, the whole yes, parallel. I definitely have as well as I uh, have a family member that's in uh, physics, so I I get to hear it a lot. Ooh, I think it's fascinating. I am so excited to talk to Tom about that. So that's going to be a really, really terrific show. And then I think next week we're doing um, the JFK Kennedy Conspiracy, and then we're going to be talking to Jerry Smith about some life lessons that he's learned. I think he's experienced actually murder um, of loved ones in his family and, and had some really hard times and how he came out of that. And then the 8th of August, we have Melinda Carver, a really good friend of mine, and she's a psychic intuitive medium. She's going to be doing the whole show on the 8th, and she's going to be giving free readings, which people love free readings. So those are some of the things coming up. And if you have time, everyone, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm going to be on a blog talk radio show called IQ Balance, and I'm going to be talking a lot about consciousness and a little bit about my story, which I rarely share. If you want to know more about me, you can kind of tune in. He's kind of forcing me. I don't really like to tell my story, as Leslie knows, but I will be sharing a little bit about my story. And then at 11 p.m., I'm actually going to be on a, on Angela LaBeouf's show, and I think it's called Health and Something. I'm not sure. It's on my Twitter and um, on my Facebook, but I'm going to be talking again about my new book, which is going to be The Secret to Everything, Money and Abundance, and I'll be talking about how we can bring more money and abundance into our lives. I'll be talking about that on Sunday. I'm going to be on um, Renee Live on Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> I believe it's oh, at 8 p.m. You're going to be on uh, you know, Renee show? Oh, yeah. Do you know Renee, TG? Oh, yeah. Ian's close to her, yes, so I guess is. you guys. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be on her show, and I'm going to be once again talking about my books, and I'm going to be doing free mini readings. And then I think I might hang around, I guess, when I talk about the paranormal. I think I might hang around and join that discussion. I haven't gotten back to her on that. Oh, Angela's show tomorrow at 11 is um, on health and healing is what that's called. You can type it into Google and probably find that. And then on Sunday, no, on Sunday, yeah, on Sunday I'm going to be on Renee's show. Then on Monday I'm actually going to be on the Judge Neal show on Blog Talk Radio. And that is like at some insane time. Like I think it's like 11 or 12 p.m. my time. I'm going to be on there for three hours from like 12 to 3 or something. But anyway, I'm going to be doing free readings and we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff. So I have a oh, heavy radio, <laughs> heavy radio schedule. <clears throat> yeah, busy, busy, busy. So those are the things coming up for me and on our radio show. And I want to thank Leslie for filling in for Kareem at the last minute. Thank you, Leslie. I so appreciate it. You're welcome. It. Thank you for having me. And um, TJ, thank you so much for being a co-host. You guys are going to be seeing more and more, I should say hearing more and more of him as uh, we kind of play around with changing some of the things on the radio show. So thank you, TJ. I hope you had a good time and we were welcoming no, and that you enjoyed Good, good. Well, do either of you have anything else to add? Tim used to cream closing the show and now it's just me. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so any final words for our listening audience? Uh, definitely both. Yeah, it, it was definitely fun. I, I like having uh, both uh, people uh, on, you know, from the self-defense, simple self-defense uh, people that were on, and then also Allison 
uh, there was a lot of topics that were talked about, a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I thought so, too. Any thoughts, Leslie? Oh, it was just wonderful. Yeah, it was a great show. And yeah, I thought it was interesting. Lots to think in about the... good information. Absolutely, I agree. Well, I'll let both of you get back to your lives, and um, I'm going to get back to my life, which is obviously going to be radio for the next four days. So um, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Thank you for listening. I so appreciate it. I know so many of you listen to the archives, and we really, really do appreciate it. We we really would like this information to have you take it into your hearts, your homes, and, and basically change your lives. That's why we do this show. So blessings to everyone, blessings to you, TG and Leslie, and we will all chat soon. Have a good evening, okay. everybody. Have a good right. evening. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thanks for listening on on Secrets to Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Listen every Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time, from 7 to 8 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. Radio.